Hey, Lauren, we just uh, wrapped up one of the one of the tougher shows I've ever hosted. Wow. Yeah, we tackled the subject of uh, coping with tragedy as a community, combating hate and violence, and what we can do as individuals as well as communities to uh, be there for one another and be uh, compassionate. And it 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 was it was uh, important discussion. I enjoyed being able to have it, but the words didn't flow as freely. It was a little struggle to find the words sometimes. But I think a good show. We had. Um, Reverend Jay Lang from the Center for Spiritual Living here in Napa. And we had Rabbi Niles Goldstein from Congregation Beth Shalom, the synagogue in Napa, who were both speakers at an interfaith service last night dealing with this. And I was so inspired, I asked them to come on the show, you know, talk about it to a wider audience. So we're going to hear that in a little bit. In the meantime, I think you've got some information, do you not? We invite you to join Judd at his family's winery at the south end of Silverado Trail, Judd's Hill Winery, located at 2332 Silverado Trail, here in Napa Valley, California, USA. Visiting information is at juddshill.com or by calling 707-255-2332. That's right. Thanks, Lauren. And, you know, if you're checking out the website, be sure to look at our fun videos and, you know, have a look at the different wines we have available. Always something delicious to be had. And let's give them a little deal for being a listener. Just for being a listener, type in coupon code JNVS, all lowercase letters, please, no capitals, and you'll get 15% off your entire wine order. And if that's not enough, you can join the Judson Wine Club anytime, day or night. Indeed, indeed. As a member of our wine club, you'll get access to all the wines, the rare and exclusive stuff, the small production stuff. You'll also get invitations to parties and events, and you know what? It's just a, it's a good time guaranteed. With that said, let's now get into the show, and I would just like to remind uh, everyone to take a moment to be mindful and uh, be kind. Everyone's a Fingal friend on Judd's Napa Valley Show. Drink Judd's Hill wine. It's not good to keep things bottled up. And now, live from Broadcast Park in the beautiful Napa Valley, it's Judd's Napa Valley Show. I'm Lauren Mole, and here's your host... Judd Finkelstein. Good morning, Lauren. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine, Judd. Top Good. of the day. Good. Top of the day to you. What What's going on with you? You know, we're going to keep this part a little bit short. we got uh, a lot to talk about. We're going to... Well, I'll explain what we're going to do in a moment, but uh, how are you? Anything coming up? Singing at any major league sporting events? Not at the moment. Not at not, the moment. Not, at, not, not until probably next year. Okay. Anything else we should know about in the world of Lauren? Cindy Skinner and the Napa Valley Voices organization, which I am also with... Uh, we'll be uh, d- uh, we'll be doing a special tour of holiday concerts around the uh, Napa and Sonoma community. Okay, so you'll let us know as those get a little closer when folks might be able to check you out. I will. Uh, yeah, this will be between December eighth and fifteenth. Okay, great. I'm looking forward to that. Thank you. Sure. Always enjoy knowing what you're up to and getting a chance to see you do your thing. Today's show, a little bit different in the sense that we're often a personality-driven show. We have a guest in. We get to know that person. Um, have a little fun, do a little comedic bit. Today, not so much. Last night, I went to the interfaith service, memorializing and commemorating the shooting at the Pittsburgh Synagogue uh, this past weekend. And I was just inspired to continue that conversation. So I invited here today two of the speakers uh, joining us in studio is Reverend Jay Lang, minister at the Center for Spiritual Living in Napa. Good morning and welcome. 
Good morning. Thanks for having us and such an important conversation to have. Yeah, I agree. Thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, on the phone, I hope he's there. It's uh, Rabbi Niles Goldstein of Congregation Beth Shalom in Napa. Niles, are you around? I am. Good morning, Judd. Okay, great, great. It just dawned on me, I don't think Jay is going to be able to hear you unless we get him some headphones. Lauren, do you have an extra pair there? So good. I'm glad we do have you on the line. And, you know, I was sitting there last night, and yesterday was a rough day. I I guess I feel like um, it hit close to home. I may not be the most, uh, okay, we got some extra headphones coming in right now. Thank you. Lauren, can you, sorry, sorry, listeners here, we're working out some technical difficulties as we go, but, uh, you know, I may not be the most religious person, but I do have the, uh, the cultural heritage. So it did hit close that this happened in a synagogue. However, I've, this, it's hard to put into words. I, I certainly am affected anytime I hear this happening anywhere to anyone. Um, certainly, I remember a story from uh, the Passover Seder. There's a passage after the uh, Israelites cross the Red Sea, and the Red Sea closes on the pursuing Egyptians, and there begins to be a celebration, and there's a message from God saying, you know, how can you be celebrating when, um, you know, these are my children too, and they've all just perished. So I guess you don't have to feel, at least in my case, connected to the actual people who are suffering to feel for them. I'm going to ramble because I really don't know how to approach this. It's, it, I've, I hurt deeply. I wanted to continue the conversation because I felt last night was very powerful, very important, and healing in many respects. I've never seen so many people in that building, and I want to thank the Napa community for the show of unity. Um, that was very heartening. So I would like to open it up. And Jay, you're already nodding. It looks like you might have some opening statements you'd like to bring up. And Niles, of course, please, um, let's just jump in and talk about what happened, how we can cope with tragedies that happen around us, how we keep hope, how we deal with hate and violence. Uh, let's just talk. Let's talk. Well, the first thing I was going to say is um, last night was heartfelt. And I think it's important at this time, we, we don't know how to feel. We, we feel lost. We feel helpless. We want to do something. We don't know what to do. But I, I think one of the best things is to not stay isolated, to uh, connect with people, with, with family, with friends, just have a gathering, just uh, have coffee with someone or, or bigger gatherings like we had last night, just to be able to talk and, and to listen. Probably, probably more than anything, it's important to listen to each other right now. To really understand, you know, seek seek to understand rather than to be understood, um, and just be in contemplation about about all of this. Yeah, I think that's very important. Yes, Niles. Yeah, I, I was just going to echo uh, what my my friend Jay just said. I, I think, um, and let me also thank uh, the whole Napa community for coming out last night. It was very very moving um, and it was wonderful that we had not only our own members who, of course, as Jews. Uh, are, are, you know, very anxious, um, about what happened on Saturday in Pittsburgh, but to have people from all across the denominational spectrum, um, atheists and believers, Jews and Gentiles, Democrats and Republicans, you know, I, I was just happy that we had such a great, uh, turnout and, and show of support. But I agree with Jay. I, I think often in the, uh, aftermath of, of a tragedy or a, na- a tragedy with national reverberations, 
such as what happened on Saturday, you know, people get depressed. Uh, they they tend to turn inward, um, and and I agree. I, I don't think isolation is the answer. I think um, being with others, uh, experiencing support from friends and, and neighbors, uh, and even from strangers is critical at, at this point. Uh, but I also think it's important to um, speak out when you see what you think are the root causes um, of, of these kinds of tragedies so that you can do your best to, to try to make sure they don't happen again. Um, and, and, you know, we tried to talk about that a little bit last night. Uh, I tried to bring it up. You know, we opened up the floor, and, and a lot of people had some of those comments. So I think it's important uh, to show solidarity and unity, but I, I also think it's important um, to challenge certain systems and policies um, and attitudes that are leading to these eruptions of violence and hate. Yeah, be, be vigilant. Um, there's no doubt. Uh, and quite literally, there was the, if you see something, say something that uh, Chief Plummer brought up last night at the uh, synagogue service. Uh, he, I was impressed with him and his level of engagement throughout this. Um, and bringing the message that the Napa police are here for all residents of Napa. And he seemed to speak with some compassion, which I certainly appreciated. Being in that group setting was very helpful for me. I know I was working from home and then also driving around getting work done yesterday. So pretty much alone all day. And I just was feeling worse and worse and worse as the day went on. You know, nobody was directing anything at me personally, but just the, the 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 overall sense that these things are happening and have been happening for so long and seem to be happening with such frequency just put me into a pretty dark place, which I don't normally uh, I don't normally find myself in these these places. I'm usually a pretty upbeat, uh, social kind of guy, um, happy to be alive, happy to be uh, around and interacting and the just just getting out that evening i i went into downtown napa i had tickets for another event before this one popped up and of course this one you know took precedence but i i just ran by the other one quickly for about 45 minutes and i could just feel my spirits lifting just being in a room of people there was an energy a very good energy so here I go rambling again. You know, I, this was going to be my challenge. No, it, 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 was, it was curative just to be around people who I could talk to. We could get it out in the open. We could also talk about other things. It, it was nice. And I, I knew this would be challenging for me because this is not the type of show I normally do. As I said, it's usually personality-driven. I'm not talking about very emotional um, issues. Um, I'm glad to be doing it, but you guys are going to – might have to drive this one. I'm feeling a little <laughs> bit – at a loss. So, well, Judd, if, yeah. can I jump in here? For I a hope second? you will. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting. You know, I'm the spiritual leader of a congregation, but last night was not a time to talk about theology necessarily, about doctrine, or even necessarily about God. Although, you know, a few people did did bring that up. I was a rabbi uh, of a Lower Manhattan congregation right after nine eleven. And I know that in the aftermath of that horrific event, people just wanted to talk. People just wanted to experience fellowship with one another. And we, we tried to do some of that last night. 
And I think, you know, we're all well aware of what religion can do at its worst. Uh, religion um, and, and those who practice it, you know, have led to some pretty horrific things throughout human history. But religion can also bring out the best in people. And it's not necessarily through text study or ritual observances. It's about bringing people together uh, so that they can find comfort, support, and, and possibly even inspiration uh, and, and hope. So that's what we were trying to do last night, and um, you know, I'm glad that you found it meaningful. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I certainly don't have a litmus test uh, for people's belief. You know, when they walk in the door of, of our synagogue at, at CBS, um, and and I just was was really heartened to see so many people there uh, from so many different backgrounds um, and beliefs and who were able. To yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, and you mentioned people who stood up and spoke identified pretty much where they were coming from, and we heard from even atheists who were there last yeah. night, not because they were there for any religious inspiration, but really just to be a part of the community and to be together, which I thought, I found that very inspirational. Yeah, I, I think that's right. I think that's right, and I think, you know, any house of worship w worth its salt is going to have an open-door policy um, in, in terms of belief or, or non-belief. And I'm well aware that, you know, a huge percentage of, of my, my congregation is probably made up of atheists um, and agnostics. <laughs> so I, I think that's perfectly fine. And um, as I said, it was just good to see a lot of people who were able to put aside, um, you know, their, their baggage about religion or, or their questions about God and, and just be there for one another. Yeah, it, it, that was very, very heartening. A friend of mine, he called me just, I don't know, an hour and a half before it started and said, uh, I want to come down. I think it's important to be there. I've never been in a synagogue. I don't even go to church. What do I wear? You know, he wanted to be very respectful. And I said, you know, it's whatever you want, whatever you're comfortable with. It's pretty casual. And then I found him afterwards. It was crowded. I, again, I've never seen so many people in that building. Standing room and then almost out the door. Afterwards, I found him, and uh, he had some questions about uh, you know, the synagogue and some of the Jewish traditions, of which I'm not sure I was the authority to answer them all. But he said after that he felt, um, he felt like he had become uh, <laughs> partly Jewish. <laughs> and he didn't mean that in any religious way. I think he appreciated that that's an important part of our culture is to, to be together, to talk, to, to question – to, to have a discussion and, and welcome these types of um, events of coming together. So that was nice. You inspired somebody, <laughs> at yeah, least good. one person there. I'm <laughs> sure more than that, though. It's, what is dis disheartening is, well, I've never been able to wrap my head around prejudice, but where the hatred comes from that can fuel the rhetoric, the violence, and, you know, that's actually a misstatement when I say I never have. For the longest time, I would say the only thing I hate is hatred. Like, I just can't understand it. I, I don't know how it manifests in people to that level. But I'll share a little story. It was actually, it gave me a scare about myself. This is already several years ago. And uh, in our business, we had put together a really great deal. Uh, you know, signed contracts, all kinds of stuff. And it happened to be with an individual who was originally from another country, another ethnicity, all seemed, you know, fine. That had nothing to do with anything. 
then this person, I'm going to stress this was, you know, an individual, basically backed out of everything, no explanation, just dropped everything basically as if the, you know, contracts never existed. We had done all this planning and preparation and then were left completely stuck. And of course, I was angry about this because, wow, we had put a lot of effort in. And that's when I really discovered myself when I would see people of this person's ethnicity, not this person, but just people who looked like him, I'd feel angry and I wouldn't want to talk to them. I wouldn't want to associate. And it scared the heck out of me because I thought to myself, wow, this, this is how it, how it happens. This is, this is how it takes hold. It's like the dark side of the forest is, is pulling me into this. And I had to be very self-aware to say to myself, wait a minute, Judd, you're being completely illogical, irrational, you know, focus. If you're going to be mad, focus your frustration at the one person, that one individual who wronged you, not the entire, you know, race. They don't represent this person. Only this person represents this person. And it, it, it was a struggle, which surprised me to get out of that mindset. It didn't last that long. And I've, thankfully got over it relatively quickly. And now I can enjoy the company of, you know, these types of people, which I had before. But what a moment of discovery to to get a glimpse of understanding of how that can be, be become a part of somebody if they let it. Judd, I, I, I think, um, I think you hit on something really important. I, I think hatred is uh, a quality that is um, latent within all of us. And when it comes out, it can be a very ugly and, and dangerous thing. But there is a place, in my view, and in the view, um, as I interpret them, uh, of scriptures, uh, there is a place for anger. Uh, the prophets were filled with moral outrage when they saw injustice in their societies. Uh, I and many people in this country... Uh, are furious and, and angry uh, about the injustices we see, um, you know, Saturday in Pittsburgh and, and in Charlottesville last summer and, you know, almost every day it seems. So, so there's a place, I think, for anger and, and rage and fury when we see people acting in, in wicked ways. But when that anger mutates into hatred, that, that is, I think, when, when we as, as, individuals and, and where our society can really um, uh, find itself in, in, you know, pretty dangerous places. Yeah, Jay, you have some experience. Yeah. I think I've heard you talk about this. Well, I was going to just say, first of all, that anytime we generalize our experiences like that, it can turn into this hatred. And if we can turn our anger into determination to help make a difference in the world, I think that's where we want to be. And your experience of being mindful of your thoughts and kind of tracing your feelings back to your thoughts and your beliefs and realizing what was really true in that moment. And it didn't, it wasn't about other people. It was just about this situation. And you dealt with your feelings about that situation. You were able to come to an understanding of that. And I think that's clear. And I know for myself, this uh, practice of mindfulness that I, that I have in my life um, is important because I grew up in, in Texas. Uh, my father was racist. He was actually uh, anti-Semitic as well. And so I had to separate uh, this man that I loved dearly, who, who I still admire. He's, he's not with us on the, 
anymore, but I admired him so much, and I had to separate my love for him and these beliefs he had that were um, not not founded in reality. Who you know they they simply weren't true to generalize it to a certain religion or a race or any particular group of people, and that his experiences in life were one that were frustrating and disappointing for him. And out of that, he he blamed certain people. Uh, and we just need to continue in our own life to separate um, the experiences we had, the beliefs we have from how we treat other people and how it affects us in our life. That's very interesting, Jay. That sounds complicated and very difficult to separate that from somebody who is a close relative, someone you love. Mm-hmm. It's your father. Do you Can you relate to us maybe what your process was, how you were able to – make that separation and still admire what you admired about the man and then push aside and get beyond his racism so that you didn't adopt it yourself? Well, it's not easy to do. Uh, I think the thing I started with was with myself and took responsibility for my own beliefs and and and, and knowing uh, my intention to be a loving person, a compassionate person in the world and wanting everybody to come together and not let uh, – races and religions come between us. So just paying attention to that. And when that didn't come out, when, when I did something that was uh, not an in integrity with what my uh, what I wanted out of my life, then I just looked at where those beliefs were, where they sat. And a, a practice, you know, when people talk about mindfulness, they often think it relates to meditation. And meditation certainly helps and in our lives, in just our walking lives, we can be aware of when we have an emotion of fear or of anger. And just look, just take a moment to go, what is the truth here? Uh, and how do I want to uh, experience life? What, what is it that I want? And our intentions are very powerful in creating the experience we want and we can let go of those old beliefs we have, whether they were created in our life or uh, from from uh, fa- our family of origin. Wise words. Rabbi uh, Goldstein, do you have anything you want to add to that or does that uh, inspire any thought in you? No, I, I, I agree with Jay. I, I think um, you know, his insights are, are on the mark. Okay, well, in that case, this would be a good time then. We're going to take our break. Um, Got a few commercials to play and then come back to a very important conversation, which I'm still struggling with the words and how to conduct it. So I'm so glad you guys are here. Joining me in studio is the Reverend Jay Lang, a minister at the Center for Spiritual Living here in Napa. And on the telephone, Rabbi Niles Goldstein of Congregation Beth Shalom, the synagogue here in Napa. And um, hang on. And uh, Lauren, what do you think? You're listening to Judd's Napa Valley Show. We'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to 1440 KVON, the voice of Napa Valley. Now, back to Judd's Napa Valley Show. Thank you, Lauren. And today we are, we're not doing the limericks. We're not doing Mad Libs. Uh, we're not doing donuts either. It's uh, almost seems a little too frivolous. We're talking about dealing with violence and hatred and how uh, we as a community can come together, how we as individuals 
can uh, get through it, what we can do to avoid adopting uh, some hateful beliefs, perhaps. Uh, that'd be nice. Uh, joining me in studio is the Reverend Jay Lang, of the uh, minister at the Center for Spiritual Living here in Napa, and on the phone, Rabbi Niles Goldstein of Congregation Beth Shalom, the synagogue here in Napa. Thank you guys for continuing the discussion that was begun last night at CBS, Congregation Beth Shalom, to, um, to an overflow crowd, which was uh, very inspirational to hear the speakers the music from Gordon Lustig, the words from our mayor, words from our uh, police chief, uh, all very comforting as a community member. Let's talk a little bit about maybe what we can do, tangible steps to um, better the environment uh, emotionally uh, for the community, for ourselves. Um, Jay, I know uh, you've got some thoughts on this. I'm sure, uh, Niles, you do too, whoever would like to Begin. Well, well, I can begin with just um, first of all, it's important to know that there were gatherings like we had in Napa last night uh, all across the country, both Sunday and Monday. And a friend of mine uh, was at one in Baltimore at a synagogue in Baltimore. And uh, he pulled a quote from there, and I don't have the quote in front of me, so I'm going to paraphrase it, but something to the effect of that we all have different beliefs, uh, including some of us perhaps no belief in, in God. And yet we can all light a candle to dispel the darkness. And that led me to think about Martin Luther King's idea that we can't, uh, we can't combat hatred with more hatred. We have to do it with love. And so wherever we can find um, places to be kind, to be compassionate, um, is, is always important to do. And yet the question is, when we hear someone make a racist comment, an anti-Semitic comment, a misogynist comment. You know, do do we confront? Do we, um, you know, what do we do about that? I, I think it's a case-by-case situation. Uh, definitely if it's said to us or said to a friend, we can simply, we don't have to do it out of anger or out of uh, um, confrontation, if you want to use that word, but simply by saying, naming it what it is that that's a racist comment, that that's misogynist, that's anti-Semitic, that's, you know, what you said. I don't know what you intended, but it is that, just to call it out for what it is. I, hear, I, hear something, I, say something. Yeah. Yes, Rabbi. Uh, I agree with you guys. I, I, I would go a bit in a, in a slightly different direction just to add to it. I had a colleague many years ago who said that the job of, of uh, a rabbi or a minister or, or a priest or an imam, you know, the job of a religious leader is to know when to comfort the afflicted, but also know when to afflict the comfortable. And I think complacency is, is the worst thing we can do right now. So we have an opportunity in, in light of not just the tragedy on Saturday, but all of the hatred and vitriol and violence that we that that. Um, in recent months and years has been with us, we have an opportunity to vote. And so I hope that people will take action by voting, uh, by voting with their hearts, with their minds, um, and to try to change a status quo in this country and in this government that clearly seems to be problematic. And, and that's being diplomatic about it, that clearly seems to be non-functional and, and dysfunctional. 
So I really hope that people on November 6th are, are going to vote and to try to um, help us navigate through this this terrible, terrible time, in my view, um, that our country is going through. Well, there's something to that. We all have our ballots at this point, so time to fill them out and drop them off. <clears throat> Pardon me. There's There was talk last night, and again, you know, if you hear something, if you see something, say something, call it out. Let it be known that this is happening. That's an if. How about some concrete, like, what can I do, like, right now that I don't need an if? I'm just going to make this my goal and do it. We can vote. We can certainly, you know, call leaders and let our 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 thoughts and desires be known. But how do we light that candle in the community metaphorically? What should we be doing? How do we get involved? How do we reach out? How do we be kind? How do we foster compassion? How do we get to know one another? So many people live in that uh, self-imposed little bubble. Uh, Innocence Abroad, I believe, is where Mark Twain wrote his quote about uh, travel being prejudice, or excuse me, fatal to prejudice. It's a longer quote, but that's, that's the crux of it. How do we help deliver that fatal blow to prejudice? We can get out of our comfort zone. And what does that mean? Does that mean we have to go traveling internationally? Well, I think that's fine. Absolutely. Get a passport. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I know it's a, ri- a ridiculously high number of Americans don't even own a passport. Let's get out. See the world. You're going to be surprised. People really are people. They'll be happy to see you. You'll be welcomed. Go, go to a cultural festival something I've enjoyed doing in the past and bringing kids to let them see another perspective. Let them see how other people celebrate something, uh, or enjoy, you know, life through their food, their music. It, it, it's, it's actually fun and you'll gain a new perspective. Makes the world less scary. Those are a couple fun things you can do, but what are some other ways you can engage and, and, and beat down divisions that can lead to hate? I think go ahead, go, oh, yes. Go, go ahead, Jay. I'll, I'll go well, after you. I was just going to say in terms – I was going to follow up with your idea about cultural experiences. I know this weekend on Sunday at Harvest Middle School, they're doing a Dia de la Martos uh, exhibition. Mm-hmm. That's a very good exposure to the Latino culture. On November 17th, uh, we're doing an interfaith breaking the bread meal where people bring soup and bread and just get together uh, – whether you have a faith or you have a particular faith, just come together. That's another one of these coming together times. That's at Crosswalk uh, Community Church at uh, 5 p.m. on November 17th. So just things like this. Just step out and, uh, as I mentioned before, uh, listen and seek to understand and and uh, and open up as well as opportunities for community service to do things out in the community. Are there any particular, if we want to get specific, are there any particular organizations that you've worked with or that you admire that you could recommend people to look into for community service sure or, anything well anything. napa can do is a great one here locally that uh, offers opportunities uh, as well as the uh, center for uh, nonprofit leadership and volunteerism they have a website that you can go on and there's many opportunities to get involved there i think mm-hmm. both of those Anytime you can get involved and, and then you're working side by side with people that are of different beliefs and different cultures, I think that's always positive to do. And doing something together, making a difference. Great. 
Great. Rabbi? Yeah, I, I think another thing uh, that people need to do is, is to get beyond themselves. We live in a, in a very narcissistic culture, you know, where it's all about me, me, me all the time. You know, and it's been that way for a while. There was a, there was a Pulitzer Prize winning book called The Culture of Narcissism. Uh, that, that addresses this fact. And I think, I think that, especially at times like this, we, we need to get beyond ourselves and be with other people. It doesn't have to be in the religious context, although I have to say, you know, there are a number of Jewish men and women in Napa County. We had hundreds of people last night at our service. Some of them may be listening right now, and a lot were not there last night. And, and to be really honest with you, um, whether or not you have questions about God or religion, every single Jew who lives in Napa County should have been there last night. This is a time to get beyond ourselves, beyond whatever issues we have, and really stand in solidarity with each other at a time of, of mourning and at a time of pain. And I think, Jay, I'm glad you brought up the Breaking Bread event that we're going to do on November 17th at Crosswalk. We did it uh, last year as well. It's very hard to hate somebody when you're breaking bread with them, when you're sharing a meal, when you're sitting at the same table and having conversation. So, again, I just think people need to get beyond themselves and just try to be there for other people, either in your own community or outside of your community. And so I think the more of these kind of programs we do, the better. You know, the Napa Interfaith Clergy Council, which Jay and I you know, both belong to, we're doing what we can, but, you know, we're only a handful of people. So I hope that the, the wider um, NAPA community will, will continue to do uh, programs that bring people together. And, and, you know, I know that they are, but I, I think we can certainly do more. Can I ask you about the Interfaith Council? What, who's involved? What, what, which faiths are represented? And what type of work uh, do you do? Jay, I'll let you take this. <laughs> okay. Silence. <laughs> well, we both could answer the question because right. we're sorry. both very engaged in it. It's, it's just a group of, of, you, um, of clergy, but also some faiths don't have a, quote, minister. So it's spiritual leaders in Napa Valley. And we uh, meet once a month to, first of all, just share with each other how our community is going and and um, just just what's on our heart personally. And then we begin to talk about ways we can come together that we can see across faith lines that uh, that we can find a way to come together because the division in our country is greater than it's been since probably the 1960s and before that the Civil War. And that's across, across uh, culture and race and faith lines. And we just want a space where we recognize um, the heart of all of us and the value of each person and that we find justice and equality for all people. Um, we believe in the vision that Martin Luther King talked about, the beloved community where all people are treated equally and justly. And we want to do what we can to further that, both front in our own communities and coming together as in a bigger Napa Valley community. And who's represented in that council? Um, all faiths, uh, including Muslim, Jews, uh, Quakers, uh, Baha'is, um, just a, a number Buddhist. of all the We Protestant. have a Buddhist member. Right. Okay. That's wonderful. That's uh, faith-based. 
I'm just curious about community at large. You know, there are so many ethnic groups uh, here in Napa, you know, some larger than others, of course. But are there – is anybody reaching out to bring them all together for maybe – I'm just talking off the top of my head because I think it would be lovely to see a, the – Whoever it is, you know, of course, a Latino group and, uh, you know, Japanese Americans and the Jewish and the whoever it is, the Indians, you know, just let's have a dinner one night, rent, <laughs> rent out a hall and put together an amazing either potluck or or whatnot, experience each other's uh, cuisines. Maybe there's a rotating playlist of different music from those cultures and we can just sit down and actually meet each other. Well, I've never heard of something like this happening in well, Napa. Well, another event that, that's coming on in January, uh, the 20th and 21st, is the Martin Luther King Day of Action and Compassion. Yeah. And that's another group. And that is one event I know that's coming, and yet we need to do so much more. But that's a coming together of cultures and, and talking about this beloved community. But that's a day of community service and movies that bring about awareness and different things like that. So that's one day or two days, yeah. that is. But we need to do more. You're right. I just sitting here. It, it occurs to me something like that. Just a, a giant. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to get off this. I think this is. I think there's something here, Lauren. I think I'm onto something. Where there's no real guest speakers involved. There's no particular program. It's just people of different cultural backgrounds and traditions getting together under one roof at a table with the flavors and sounds of their culture that they can uh, share, talk a little bit about the history, where the tradition comes from, and then we just enjoy each other's company. If anyone's out there wants to help me put this together, I'm on a mission. <laughs> this has been an inspiring uh, show. That's, that's what I'm going to get we, this. I'm we putting can it all, we, can all make a, we can all make a pilgrimage to Judd's Hill and, <laughs> and have this <laughs> celebration of community. I would host it there. I would host it there. I have a feeling uh, I, would, I would dream that it would be bigger – than I could accommodate. We're a pretty small winery, but uh, if I could put something together the way I'm already thinking about it right now, it would it would be even bigger than that. Um, certainly, certainly wouldn't be a promotional tool, but I'm happy to host if it's appropriate. If we can outgrow it, all the better. All right, but moving on from there, I still see you've got some notes there. Some other points you want to make uh, as we start wrapping up our hour here. I want to make sure you get to say what you guys want to say. Or Niles, if there's some other points you'd like to be making or some wisdom you'd like to share? I, I guess, um, I don't know about wisdom, but, <laughs> but maybe a little insight, um, having, you know, as I said earlier, you know, been in New York af after 9-11. Um, and now here, you know, uh, in light of, of what's happened, I just think um, we need to really... Um, Step out of our comfort zones. We, we we need to get beyond ourselves. We need to shake off, you know, the, the issues, whatever issues we have from our childhood, and and just really be there for for each other um, in in meaningful ways. Napa, in some ways, is a bubble, but in other ways, it's not. You know, we had Yountville a few months ago. You know, a mass shooting. So there's really nowhere that that's safe anymore. That's. Um, that's a sad thing that there's really no nowhere that that is safe but but I think that that's a real thing uh, and I think that human history um, 
you know, um, has shown us that, that anything can happen to anyone at any time. And I think the real question is, how do we respond to that reality? How do we respond to life's fragility, to the fact that, that we're all vulnerable? And, and I think the, the right response, the, the Jewish response, is, is love of neighbor, being there for each other. Um, and, and that's where we find our strength, and that's where we find our hope. Um, so, so that that would be, you know, what I would like to leave people with this morning, and I think we got a taste of that last night. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Jay. And, and I would just add that I think as a human race, we all want the same things. We want to be able to um, come home for dinner, and we want our kids to come home safe, and we want our family to get together, and we want to find simple joys in our life, and just that common humanity. We we need to remember that that we're on the same. Uh, planet together and we can share it and we can find compassion for each other and let go of our differences and just um, just be human and be compassionate and kind and and uh, seek to understand each other love each other it sounds so simple why isn't it you know I hear folks say celebrate diversity which sounds great but at this point I would settle for accept diversity <laughs> you know mm-hmm. Whether you want to celebrate it or not is up to you, but could you just accept it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we are different. Accept it. Oh, uh, boy. I'm not sure how to follow that up. You guys just both left me with uh, some beautiful thoughts. Well, and I would add one thing. I, I'm always inspired by the words of Mother Teresa when, you know, as much um, strife as she experienced in her life, she continued to do her work. And her phrase was, love them anyway. Um, you know, no matter who or what they are, how they're showing up in the world, uh, love them anyway. Again, sounds simple, and that has got to be difficult. At times it is. Yeah. And, and that's why we allow something more in our lives, something inspirational for us to, to be that love, because sometimes humanly we can't do it. I'm only quiet because I'm contemplating that, you know, thinking about my own life, which I feel I have a lot of love in my heart for you know, things that we normally do, family, friends, and whatnot. Um, and I don't it's, – it's getting harder and harder to find love for others. Where my normal reaction, and it still is, thankfully, I haven't lost this yet, <laughs> is I, I'm going to like you. The minute I meet you, I like you until you give me the reason <laughs> not to. And I, I was just contemplating some instances where I have, you know, stopped liking somebody for specific reasons. But then where does that extra love come from to to still value that person? That's hard to dredge up sometimes. It is. And, and I will tell you, there's people that I don't like the way they act sometimes, the way they behave. And I can still love them. Wow. Yeah, and, and I, I would just echo that and, and say, um, first of all, you're right. Loving your neighbor, loving the stranger, you know, even loving someone in your family, it, it's not always <laughs> easy. No. But I had a professor tell me once in, in rabbinical school, you know, um, with regard to the Jewish community, you know, you, you don't have to like everybody. You just have to love them. 
So I think that's an important <laughs> distinction. And, and if we can recognize the dignity in, in every other human being, the fact that all of us contain within us uh, an image of God, a spark of the divine, that, that might help a little bit. Um, it's not easy to like people, uh, but if we can love people, you know, we'll, we'll wind up in a much better place. Yeah, I couldn't agree more because everybody has that same spark within them, spark of the divine. Right. Yeah, whether you uh, believe in that, it comes from a, a divine source or from somewhere else, I'm going to uh, echo that. We all have a spark. We all have a spark. Yeah, you have to forgive my silences here. This is uh, It's difficult to come up with the words sometimes. I'm thinking back now to the Be Kind movement mm-hmm. here in Napa and saw a lot of those buttons last night. In fact, the mayor even brought it up. And I think there's something to it. Some people might think it's cornball, but I really do think there's something. The way I've seen people react when they see somebody, whether it is a child or a grown adult wearing a Be Kind button, there's a powerful message there that people react to. And I have seen it inspire, if not further acts of kindness, at least a smile and a friendly interaction. It's a conversation starter. And it's at least a first step to um, breaking down some barriers, um, making somebody feel good about themselves, about the world, about the day. And um, again, it's a simple message, but to be kind, it's a great... uh, it's kind of become my mantra in well, a situation Judd, it, where I'm feeling hopeless. It, it's great that your daughters, uh, Ruby and Tallulah, you know, are continuing to push that campaign. When I left the memorial service last night, one of the police officers had had one of her buttons, one of their buttons, yeah. uh, on his uniform. And the more we can get that out, the, the better. Certainly, at a time where there's so much discord and, and strife, you know, just trying to be kind and respectful to each other is, is, a, is a great first step. Okay, there you go. And I know you both have somewhere to go, and we have run out of time. So it's a great note to end on. I want to thank you both so much, uh, Reverend Jay Lang from the Center for Spiritual Living here in Napa and Rabbi Niles Goldstein of uh, Congregation Beth Shalom, the synagogue here in Napa. Thank you both so much for talking about uh, Thank you. these very important issues of... Um, just being human together on this planet and how we can all do it together without fostering hate and violence. Thanks a bunch. Really do appreciate it. Lauren, as always, thank you. As I walk this wicked world Searching for light in the darkness of insanity Oh yeah, I ask myself Is all hope gone? Is there only pain? And misery oh, yeah. And each time I feel like 
this inside There's one thing I want to know What's so funny about peace, love and understanding Ooh, What's so funny about peace, love and understanding And as I walk on My spirit get so downhearted sometimes, sometimes. Where are the strong and who are the trusting? And where is the harmony, sweet harmony now? Cause each time Just makes me want to cry What's so funny about peace, love and understanding What's so funny about peace, love and understanding Judd's Napa Valley Show is a Gillamar production.